Welcome to the Equine Energy Medicine Podcast with your host, Audrey McLaughlin. Hey friend, welcome back to the Equine Energy Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Audrey. We have got some exciting, exciting episodes coming up for you. First of all, today we're talking about muscle testing, how to muscle test things for your horse, but this is something that you can use on you, on your humans too. Uh, Muscle testing has been around for centuries. Uh, We're going to talk about how to use it with your horses and on the healing path for your horses as well. It's a great way, a great way to spark up your intuitive awareness, that intuitive connection with your horse as well. Um, So that's today, episode nine, where we're talking about muscle testing. Episode 010 or episode 10, we're going to talk about emotions, animal emotions, and how to clear those emotions, because we know that emotions lead to physical dis-ease in our horse's bodies. And then Uh, Episode 11 is going to be preventing injections in competitive horses, and it comes from a few experiences I've had lately where I've been at, gosh, low level, like rodeo and play day events, and people are giving butte and injecting their competitive horses for competition. So I'm so excited to bring this to you. This is also a good time to let you know that if you head over to equineenergymed.com. You will find uh, the blog. We're starting to put the transcripts of these podcasts on the blog, and you have the opportunity to drop your email address in because a lot of these things need to be demonstrated in video. And so what we're going to do is try to put together a few little online clinics and maybe some in-person clinics at y'all's request because I'm getting messages and emails and, you know, how can you explain more about this so that I can at least show you on a horse or, um, in a webinar type PowerPoint presentation situation, how to make this work. Um, I've got all kinds of fun stuff planned for y'all. So thank you so much for all of your support so far. I am floored at how this is our ninth episode and how big this has gotten so fast. And um, it's kind of like that uh, nod that that uh, that intuitive um, guide that leads me along what what to do next. And uh, it's it's like a little a little blessing from the universe every time um, I get to have an impact on the way you work with your horses, either professionally, I have a lot of people that are massage therapists and chiropractors and osteopaths reaching out to me as well as um, having an impact on you and how you the individual interacts with the animals that you love so much. So I could go on and on and on but equineenergymed.com, drop your email address in. I don't have time to spam you, I promise. Uh, And that way, when we have an online webinar or an in-person clinic, um, we can get that information out to you. All right, so let's talk about muscle testing, about how it works, about why it works, and how to use it with your horses. So muscle testing is kind of the um, common term for something known as applied kinesiology, and it's actually centuries old. It's a really old technique for locating physiological imbalances in the body. It can also be for fine tuning um, needs like on the nutrition and supplement standpoint as well. Um, It can also help bridge the communication gap when somebody can't speak for themselves, right? And our horses have lots of ways of giving us information and giving us signs. But what they can't do is say, hey, ma, it hurts right here, right? And point to their right hawk, okay? So, um, Muscle testing, when you're looking at the science of it, there's a lot of physics principles that actually explain how it works. It works very similarly to a 
conventional medical tests that you've all heard of, an EKG. Um, Muscle testing or applied kinesiology measures closed circuit electrical signals. So as the body responds to different stimuli like foods or molds or hormones or pathogens or parasites or treatments or supplements or medications, the body sends out different electrical signals. And the kinesiologist, the person doing the muscle testing, um, picks up those signals. So at its core, the method is based on receiving information from the biofield. And this is where we get into kind of like that quantum physics stuff. But the biofield is a quantum field that surrounds every living thing. It surrounds me, it surrounds you. Um, it surrounds your plant, your house plant on the wall, it surrounds everything, including your horse. Now not one big biofield, everyone has their own biofield, their own individual biofield film. It field, not film and films. Unfortunately, a lot of people have biofilms too, but that's another day. But Biofield has been around and been used in all sorts of ancient medicine. It's been well documented since the 1600s. And you may have heard, especially if you um, have worked with horses and, and equine for a long time, you may have heard that a horse can sense your heartbeat from about 12 feet away. Part of that is because your aura and his aura or your biofields merge around 12 feet. So a human's biofield um, is generally four to eight, maybe 12 feet if you have a really big aura, a really big biofield. Horse is the same thing. The, the sicker you are, the weaker you are, the more in pain you are, the smaller your biofield gets. It almost shrinks down around you like shrink wrap. So we want big, healthy auras, right? We want big, healthy biofields. These biofields, again, well-documented since the 1600s. It wasn't called a biofield until 1992, when in human medicine, um, the Office of Alternative Medicine and the U.S. National Institute of Health, commonly, you've probably heard of it, called the NIH, they actually established a meaning and an official clinical definition for biofield. And the definition is a massless field, not necessarily electromagnetic, that surrounds and permeates living bodies and affects the body. Okay. And so then the next step in 1992 was to, or after 1992, was to get it officially accepted as a medical subject heading at the National Library of Medicine. So it become, so it could become an official term for scholars and medical practitioners and alternative and integrative therapy practitioners to locate peer reviewed literature on the subject. Okay, so they ended up consolidating all these different modes of energetic healing under one single term biofield therapies, um, which is a common term accepted by the NIH. Now, a lot of times when you start talking about biofields, people are like, um, okay, okay, crazy voodoo lady. Like, we're not talking about that. But it actually is a, a an, uh, an accepted term for both diagnostics and therapeutics and biofield modalities and all kinds of different things. Now, commonly now, biofield work is referred to as energy medicine. Um, I've done energy medicine for a long time on humans. I've done energy medicine for a long time on animals. And so that's kind of what I'm, I'm bringing to you here with this muscle testing, right? So for me, using muscle testing or applied kinesiology, I have done it for many years, probably close to a decade now. It's something that I use daily in my practice with humans and my practice with horses, but also personally as well. Um, it's a holistic method that allows you to approach any health condition, any issue with hyper granularity, real time feedback from your body 
And it ensures, or from the horse's body, depending on if you're using it personally or on somebody else, but it ensures that every health solution is personalized down to the cellular level. Now, you might be thinking, well, is there any evidence of this? Well, there actually is. There are studies of kinesiology style muscle testing, and they found that muscles tested positive um, after true statements were spoken, and they tested negative after false statements were were spoken. Now, truth be told, um, I learned in my statistics class and my graduate program and my doctorate program a long time ago that that studies um, can be influenced for the outcomes. So we're not I'm not sure about the um, statistical significance of what the outcomes of that study was. Because it's generally accepted that there can be a little bit of bias in muscle testing. I'm going to tell you how to get around that. Um, But there's no way to prove how much exactly. Uh, Another study found that experienced practitioners with five or more years experience, so practice makes perfect, um, had a accurate prediction of um, 98% compared to inexperienced practitioners with less than five years experience, they had an accurate prediction of about 64%. So as you can see, over time, developing this sense, just like anything else, developing this muscle, you can really begin to get a very accurate sense of what's going on um, with yourself through muscle testing or with your horses. Now, let's talk about how? (laughs) Well, let's talk about what muscle testing is not first. So muscle testing is a useful way to determine if something is right for your horse. It's a useful way to determine if um, certain therapies are correct for your horse. So like if how they're going to respond or how they are responding physically and energetically to different stimuli, to foods, to pathogens, to parasites, to treatments, to supplements, even medications, right? What it's not is a way to diagnose, right? Um, it's not a way to treat necessarily. It doesn't replace your veterinarian um, when there is an emergency need. What it does is supplement your veterinarian. So here's a way that you could use it and still be working with your vet. Your vet comes out, your horse is acting funny, your vet comes out, gives a diagnosis, says the treatment we're going to do is a five-day chemical warmer. I'm not going to name any brand names. Five-day chemical warmer. You can check in with your horse and see if that is optimal for the horse. If you get no, that it is not optimal for the horse, that doesn't mean you tell the vet to hit the road and get out of here and you're going to do your own thing. No, what you might do instead is say, I don't know if I like that option. What other options do we have, right? Um, And so you can walk through what other, what options there might be for this particular problem other than a five-day pack. Or it could be, and part of this takes knowing some about anatomy and physiology and pathophysiology uh, for equine issues. But you might say, well, a power pack's really hard on the gut, right? I think I just said the brand name. <laughs> a chemical warmer is really hard on the gut, right? Um, the It can have X, Y, and Z side effects. Uh, a chemical warmer requires that all the pathways in the body, the drainage pathways be working well. So the at the cellular level, um, the kidneys, the liver, the bowels moving, all of those things have to be moving in order for the body to sustain a chemical warmer without, especially that much chemical warmer, without issue. So 
what can we do to prepare? If we prepare my horse for this kind of impact on their system, then does that make it an optimal treatment? And maybe you get a yes, right? So that's kind of how you can use it in conjunction. Like I said, it's not for diagnosing. It's not for curing. um, It's not for revealing the very best decisions in all the areas of your life. um, But it can empower you, empower you to work with your horses in a different way and empower your horses to have the ability and not so many words to speak through you. So there's a couple different ways that you can do it. Um, One of the easiest ways to explain to you is by using your body as a pendulum. Um, And this is one of those things that eventually we'll probably have to get together and do a quick little webinar or a video to show you exactly what I mean for some of the other methods. So let's just focus on body as a pendulum, because I like to give you things that you don't necessarily need any other tools for. Like it's really great to be able to use, to buy this tool and buy this supplement, do all these things. We're going to do a lot of that, but it's also really great to just be able to use your body, your intuition and your horse. Okay. So what you do is stand with your feet fairly close together. They don't have to be toe, big toes and heels touching like in yoga, but you want them to be fairly close together. Um, and then you're going to take a big deep breath in and exhale and center yourself. Okay. And then I want you to put your hands across your heart and we're going to do every little thing right while we're practicing. And then eventually you don't have to do all this setup, right? Put your hands across your heart and close your eyes and just say, show me a clear sign for yes. Now, about 85% of the people I talk to, they gently lean forward for yes. It's almost like somebody's just like a child's just tugging you forward um, by 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 like your pocket, right? Um, and then So you're going to say, okay, great. And the next thing you're going to do is show me a clear sign for no. And for about 80, 85% of people that I talk to, no is rocking back. So you feel pulled back. Same thing. Almost like a child is tugging at your back pocket. Now there's one more option. Show me a clear sign for needs more information. Now for me, needs more information is a counterclockwise spin. And it goes, I I pull backwards to like seven o'clock and then whoop swim, swing around. Okay. Yours may be different. Most need more informations are some sort of left or right movement. So just food for thought. So I want you to try it. You don't have to do it right now if you're driving, but come back and try it and see what you get. And then before you start working with your horse, check a few things, right? So stand up, say you're hungry and you go to the fridge, hold an apple in your hand and try it. Is this optimal for me to eat right now? Yes or no? I interestingly, I got yes, I'm not holding an apple. But, um, and then try banana. Is this optimal for me to eat right now? And you might get no. All right. So and we can dive more in depth into testing if things are medicinal, beneficial, neutral, um, uh, detrimental or toxic. There's all kinds of different nuances we can do here. But for, for today, I want you to start with that. Okay. And then the next time you are about to do something with your horse, right? So maybe it's a decision on, are we going to do groundwork today or are we going to saddle up and ride? Okay, so is it optimal to do groundwork? You want to word it in a way that leaves the question open, that leaves it a yes or no question, but also doesn't confine the question by language. So how how do you feel when somebody tells you you should do something? You should do this. You should do that. You don't feel so great about it, right? So if you use the word should in your muscle testing, should I ride today, you might get a different response than if you said, is it optimal for us to ride today? Is it optimal for my horse to be ridden today? 
Is it optimal for my horse to do groundwork? Is it optimal for us to do both, right? And say you're getting a lot of like misjumbled answers. There's a couple things. One, don't ask the same question more than once. Trust your intuition. Trust the horse. Trust source, whether that be God, universe, whatever you want to call it. I'm not really attached to labels, but trust whatever that is, that divine intervention is that you got the right answer the first time. Because repeatedly asking the question just muddles the energy. The second thing to know is if you are doubting your response, you can check to see if you have a bias. And a bias would be your energy interfering with the horse's energy. So say I really don't like to do groundwork, but I really like to saddle up and ride or vice versa. So if I got something I, I knew that I liked, but I still wasn't sure, like if I got ride and I thought maybe groundwork would be best. Probably am I thinking with my brain instead of my intuition? Absolutely. But let's check. So we might say, uh, is this answer true and unbiased? And if you get a yes, then you're free to go, right? Get to it. If you get a no, then the next question to ask is, is it possible for me to get an, um, an unbiased answer? And if you get yes, then that's your, that's your permission to ask the same question again. Okay. So you ask the same question, see if you get the same result. So today we've covered, that's a lot. I know we've talked about how muscle testing works, what muscle testing is, what it can be used for, what it's not. And I've given you one way to use muscle testing with your horses. Now, if you use this for yourself first, you will be able to do things like walk up to a horse put your hand on them or not. I like to put my hand on them. It's just my thing, but you don't have to put your hand on them and get information. Yes or no information. Your whole body won't even start to sway. You'll feel an internal internal pull and push. Okay. Um, so try it. Let me know what you think. I will have this up on the blog very soon um, so that you can comment there. You can find us on equineenergymed.com. I do have an Instagram, but I've been fasting from social media. So you're welcome to follow me at Equine Energy Medicine on Instagram, but I'm not sure how much longer I will be there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, this has been episode nine on muscle testing. Next week, we're going to talk about emotions, animal emotions and clearing those emotions and how they can get trapped in the body and cause problems. And then episode 11, we're going to talk about preventing injections and butte in competitive horses. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Equine Energy Medicine Podcast. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated. We'll catch you in the next episode.